Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? I'm ready for the annual meeting, Amy. I, Already? Actually, I'm not, but I, 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 well, yeah. I'm ready for it to be here. How about that? Okay. You're, you're personally ready, but not... Yes. Because I was going to say, we work at the same place, and if you're ready... <laughs> I'm not ready. I got. St- I still got a long list of things to do. I I have been over at the Music City Center this past week three or four times, and it's going to be awesome. Can't I, I? I just I can't describe how great this is going to be. It really is. And I again, I want to say thank you to the wonderful folks at Gaylord Opryland who have been amazing yes. over the last year. And we we did a lot of dreaming. A lot of folks watched. Uh, have watched the Road to Nashville series and have seen some of the footage there. Wonderful place. But it has been exciting over the last week because I was in town for several days and uh, got to go over there a few times myself to all of a sudden just kind of recast uh, the vision of what it would look like to to stand in yes. there and think about what the meeting would look like in that room. And it's going to be fantastic. Yes. And, and for those of you who've been following along the Road to Nashville series, we kind of put a pause on that because we had some other stuff about the Gaylord already filmed, and we have to kind of redo that. It, so yeah, it kind of hurts some just, of the give episodes. Give us a little time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and also, it's it's just one of those things where we actually have a lot of work to do and don't have really the, the bandwidth right now to go over there and, and shoot videos like we'd love to. Right. So we, we shot those videos, as you could probably tell if you if you watch the Road to Nashville, we shot those videos around Christmas time when things were kind of slow and we had some time to do that. And, uh, we shot those back in December, a lot right. of them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So we, we've got a few of them in the can that we can't use now. That's right. So we're so having, to, having to redo those. Just a little, it's kind of like when you're watching a show, uh, and all of a sudden you watch and they say, Returning May 11th, you know, or three weeks from tonight, we'll be back. And you think, yeah. oh, man, there's not a new episode for three weeks. Well, just a, just a little delay. but. And also, when you watch that Hallmark Christmas movie and you look at it and go, they shot that in July. That, that background shouldn't be green. Right. That's basically what happened, too. So, yes. combination of those two. Yes. So, so a little, little behind-the-scenes peek there uh, for folks. But if you haven't seen all the episodes of The Road to Nashville, please do check that out. The road to Nashville.net. A lot of it still applies, except for that one that we spent talking about the Gaylord Opryland. <laughs> right. But it's still a great, a great tour of the Opryland. I will say that. Yeah. So I think my, uh, and I, th- I may have said this last week, but there's no waterfall, n- nothing like that. No. So all the things that we had talked about could be for some folks who decide to still stay at the Gaylord, but not necessarily for everyone like we expected. Absolutely. And just real quick, before we jump into the episode, though, we do want to say that there are hotel availabilities opening up on Monday, April 26th. So if you listen to this on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, before that opens up, 8 o'clock Central, Monday morning, 19 hotels in the downtown Nashville area are opening up for you to transfer if you'd like to. So uh, I think I would recommend that unless you really want to stay out there at the Gaylord, which is a great hotel and would be great for families. So if you want to stay out there, drive in, take the shuttle, whatever it is, each day. Totally cool with doing that, Go but if you it. want to stay downtown, those are available starting Monday. And let me tell you, downtown is a really, really fun place. So I was down there today, cool Amy. Stuff. Yeah, it's um, it was it was interesting. Well, there always is. So yes, absolutely. So, 
All right. Well, hey, before we jump into this week's episode, we do want to thank our sponsors over at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where you can get theological training and the hands-on experience you need to thrive in ministry. Wherever and however God is calling you to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission, Southwestern offers a degree path to equip you. Whether you're pursuing a bachelor, master's, or doctoral degree, Southwestern Seminary is here to walk alongside you as you live your calling. Find out more at swbts.edu. That's swbts.edu. All right, Amy, we'll jump into it this week. And uh, big news this week over at uh, Houston's First Baptist Church. They shattered a world missions offering goal a couple of weeks ago. Just an incredible, incredible outpouring of support for world missions at First Baptist Church Houston. My goodness, this was just incredible. They had a goal for this world mission offering, which is something that they do every year. And this mm-hmm. is be- this is over and beyond their regular tithes and their budget. So this is not the only time that they, you know, do things and, and give, um, because they, they have other, you know, in, in terms of sending the cooperative program, things like that. But it's a special offering that they do once a year, and it primarily supports the International Mission Board, North American Mission Board, and the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention. Well, their goal was $1.4 million, and they actually raised $2,628,946. They met their goal, Amy. They did indeed. They did some. They did. So hey, here's the cool thing. 2,800 individuals, couples, and families gave. 433 were first-time givers to the church. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Just incredible. Incredible. So, uh, you know, First Baptist Houston, long history of uh, support for the cooperative program, as well as missions offerings, you know, the Annie Armstrong, as well as Lottie Moon, uh, those Christmas and Easter offerings. Uh, they give a million dollars a year already to the cooperative program. They're going to designate 100,000 of this world missions offering goal to the cooperative program that goes to help missions and ministries across North America and the world. Uh, but they're, you know, just an amazing, amazing amount raised at First Baptist Houston. So a big thank you to Houston's first and senior pastor, Greg Mott. Just incredible leadership there and incredible generosity. Amazing. That's awesome. All right. Up to Kentucky, Amy, uh, some interesting news in Lexington. There's a historic black church, uh, Main Street Baptist Church, uh, that shares a parking lot with the city of Lexington right next to Rupp Arena. Well, it was formerly Rupp Arena. It's now Central Bank Center. Most of you will know it as Rupp Arena. And uh, the the city is considering moving that parking lot and pretty, putting up uh, kind of a green space there. And the church, by doing this, would lose their parking in the downtown area. It's a 10-acre green space being proposed uh, for Town Branch Park, uh, which would basically wipe out the parking for Main Street Baptist Church. Yeah, it's about 250 parking spaces that they need. And this is kind of one of those things where you can see the, I mean, you can see why the city wants to do this. I mean, that's a great, great space for a park, uh, especially with all the events that are going on at the arena there. But this is also really difficult. So they've been trying to find some ways to get some other parking options. And it says, you know, they've reminded the city of the church's history of being a good neighbor and uh, the good rapport that they've had with the city. This is a very historic church. It was founded in 1862 with a former slave as pastor, Frederick Braxton, and the land on which it was built. So I'm pretty excited about this. And I, I bet you would not be surprised. Um, yep. 
The land uh, that it was built on belonged to the family of Mary Todd Lincoln until it had been sold in 1853. And so the deed was given back to the congregation on August 20th, 1863. And the deed includes the name of Abraham Lincoln. The, Never heard uh, of him. Yes. So Mary Todd Lincoln's husband. And today her childhood home actually is across a small street that's beside the church. So as you know, I have a love for American First Ladies. And so that, you know, kind of kind of got my attention there in this story. So this is a very, very uh, historic space. Um, so Todd Gray, who is the state exec there at the Kentucky Baptist Convention, did wrote an opinion column really asking the city to government to just uphold the promise there there had been kind of a handshake agreement about 36 years ago about this space for parking um and it looks like they're you know kind of reneging on that so it's just a really tough tough situation hoping that they can find a solution to work for everyone absolutely so uh, we'll keep an eye on this story and see if anything works out you like you said they got that 36 year handshake agreement for this space and uh it was going to be very difficult for Main Street Baptist Church going forward uh, if they were to lose that parking lot. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on this story, see if anything else happens. But, uh, Amy, last week on the show, we had three trustee reports from three different seminaries. And guess what? This week, we have three trustee reports from three different seminaries. We start in California. Gateway elected a new vice president of academic services. Alex Stewart, he is the newly elected vice president of academic services, and then he also is a professor of New Testament studies. So that's really the big, kind of the big news out of that. They also approved a budget of $12,275,000. So they, so this was a time the trustees actually, some joined the meeting remotely and some in person at a hotel in Dallas. So I guess that was probably an easier easier way for everyone to, to come in. Um, well, also remember California meeting spaces. That's right. Have There's limitations. That's right, right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stuart is replacing Michael Martin, who's been the academic vice president for, for a while now. And they have named him distinguished professor of new Testament studies and vice president of educational effectiveness to just assist with that transition. They also approved the creation of a faculty service award and named a classroom in honor of Michael Martin. He is retiring in 2022. So this is kind of a, a transition time uh, for his replacement before his retirement. All right. Well, hey, Amy, why don't you tell us where Stuart's coming from? Yeah. So he is coming from, oh, what? I just saw this. Are you serious? You really <laughs> are going to make me do this? Yep. Where's he from, Amy? He previously served as academic dean and associate professor of New Testament language and literature at Tyndale Theological Seminary in a city in the Netherlands that I would rather. What city, Amy? I, it starts with a B, and I and it's really long. would rather not try to say this, because I think no matter how hard I try, I will say it wrong. So if anyone is listening who knows the city where Tyndale Theological Seminary is in the Netherlands and can send me a phonetic pronunciation of it, I'll be happy to try and say it next week on the podcast. He did yes. earn his PhD from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in 2012. I can say that one where he got his doctorate. But 
I'm not I'm not even going to try this city, Jonathan, but thanks for pitching it to me. I realized okay, no after problem. you said that, after you said that, I was like, great, I'll take it. And then I looked and thought, I know why he did that. Yep. That, yeah. that, that's a word. I don't even know that that name. That Bad Hoover Derp. Bad Hoover Kudos to you for trying. Yeah, it's something. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, hey, but we are uh, excited for Dr. Stewart, and congratulations on that over at Gateway. They also approved a budget of $12.275 million for this next year. It's a 2.3% increase over the budget that they adopted this past year due to COVID-19 uncertainty. Uh, But they have seen some strong enrollment and fundraising amid COVID-19 and the pandemic. So uh, congratulations to everybody over at Gateway. Uh, they said they it said their headcount grew by more than 10%, and the number of new students enrolled for the spring 2021 increased more than 25% compared to the previous academic year. Over to New Orleans, Amy, where they also had trustee meetings this past week. They approved several new degrees as well as an online Spanish initiative. Uh, a new it, so that included a new church planting degree and three new majors for Level College. So as we see some of the things in Level College grow and change, uh, those majors are no surprise. So the Master of Arts in Church Planting is sort of mixed together with the new North American Mission Board Church Planting Center at New Orleans. And so it's a great opportunity to kind of help as they are trained there and uh, get an MA in it. So yes. It's really good. They also voted to elect Corey Barnes, Ethan Jones, and Chris Schaefer to the faculty. Uh, Barnes will be an associate professor of Old Testament and Hebrew. Jones as an associate professor of Old Testament and Hebrew. And Schaefer as an assistant professor of theology at Level College. So uh, very cool for that. And congratulations to them. Very good. Up to Louisville we go, Amy, for another trustee recap from Southern Seminary. The trustees approved a new $48.1 million operating budget for 2021-2022, and that's a $10.9 million increase from the budget that they approved last year. So, uh, you know, obviously they had made some changes last year, like everyone did in preparation for the effects of COVID. And so... Now they're able to actually increase it already. They have witnessed record levels of giving, a record number of donors, and record enrollment. Also, Amy, they announced the impending retirement of Craig Parker, their senior vice president for institutional administration. Craig's been there for a while and a good friend of the pod, and uh, we wish him all the best in his retirement. He's going to continue to serve through the academic year. They also promoted uh, six faculty members, Brian Bays from assistant professor to associate professor of philosophy and apologetics over at Boyce College. David Bosch from Associate to Professor of Business Administration at Boyce. Ayman Ibrahim from Associate Professor to Professor of Islamic Studies. Oren Martin from Assistant Professor to Associate Professor of Christian Theology. And Jeremy Pierre from Associate Professor to Professor of Biblical Counseling. And finally, Michael Pullman from Assistant Professor to Associate Professor of Christian Preaching. Well, Amy, a short news week this week, but uh, some important news nonetheless from those three seminaries. And uh, that, that gives us all of our seminary recaps for the spring. And that's going to bring us also to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go to 1949 as uh, we were still in annual meeting prep time, which 
We all know uh, that's what we're in right now. But for sure, back then, with the meeting coming up in May, they were. And we've done some stories before. I've done the 1948 uh, This Week in SBC History, talking about people bringing recorders that they would take back to their, uh, their churches, also talking about folks staying in the train cars, things like that. Well, there was a new technological advance in 1949. So it was in the April 21st issue of Baptist Press. So this was a new invention of the Southern Baptist Radio Commission. Basically, what it's saying is if this had had not happened, it would be impossible for messengers to even see the speakers. So remember, this is where, and we've talked about this before, that pastors would bring recorders to the convention Mm -hmm. so that they could transcribe the business and play it back at their home churches. And uh, so in 1948, like 30 pastors had done it, and they were expecting 100 to 200. So basically, like in 1948, they saw all these wire recorders. So then people said, hey, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to come back. Well, Sam Lowe, director of the Radio Commission, had announced that there would be a provision made off the convention platform, and here's what they were going to do. Put the central microphone on the pulpit stand— That's used by speakers. And then they would carry it through an amplifier to a special room that was set aside. Then the outlets from the amplifier would plug straight into the recorders. And it would actually give even better recordings than would be possible. So where originally was... Because you're getting basically a a direct line into your recorder. That's right. So what they were going to do, they were going to assign the positions and the space. It was a service charge of $2.50 to pay for the cost of the equipment and the technician. You had to make reservations for your space and you would get numbered cards. It was a whole system to do that. So you wanted to get um, a low number. You wanted to be like number one because that's like your choice space. Um, But this is a development because like we had talked about with these folks bringing their recorders, they just would set them up there and record it straight from the stage. Well, it took one year, and the Radio Commission said, we're going to figure out a a way to make this even better, because they were always, always about serving the messengers. And so uh, folks were coming prepared to record for their churches back home, but folks at the convention were who were preparing for the meeting were making it an even better option for them all this week in SBC history. And yeah. now you move all the way to 2021 and we'll just live stream it. And all you got to do is send a link back to your church members. Yep. So, so. live at sbc.net, I think is yeah. the, the, going to be that. So uh, yeah, very cool. All right. Well, hey, and uh, also tell Coco we said hello, Amy. Yeah, I really tried. I, I, I've tried to get him to, to settle down, but it is about time for him to eat. So he was asking someone outside the room if they would take care of that. So yeah, yeah. Well. Feed Coco. All yeah, right. He's a get, He's our guest on the pod. Yes, this week's guest on the podcast, Coco, the dog. That's All right. right. Well, uh, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Well, mine is really only going to work for those who listen to this over the weekend um, because it is Cooperative Program Sunday, this Sunday. But a lot of folks do. They listen to it on Friday night. They listen to it on Saturday. And so this is just a reminder that Sunday is Cooperative Program Sunday. I actually wrote an article that ran at Lifeway Voices. So we'll drop a link that is just about uh, some of the heartbeat. It's, it's about how the cooperative program and the cooperation around it is really the heartbeat of what we are doing. But then we also have resources that we'll share as well, ways that you can share with your church. All right. 
Coco still needs to be fed. All right. He he does, and he also wants you to support the cooperative program. Yes, he does. He does. He's that's good. he's just amening. That's all it is. All right. So my resource of the week is actually a, a few prayer events. So there's three prayer events coming up. If you're listening to this on Friday when we drop it, or even early Saturday morning. Uh, the day after we drop it. There's a prayer event on Saturday, April the 24th from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. over at BrokenBeforeTheThrone.com. Uh, Dan Beiser is leading that. It's a call to pray for the SBC. So he is uh, calling us to pray for the Southern Baptist Convention. And also we've got, uh, you know, just in a couple weeks, I mean, about 11 days, the National Day of Prayer is coming. That's May 6th. So on May 6th, there are two prayer events. There's one with the National Day of Prayer, the official kind of National Day of Prayer live stream, as well as a Pray.com live stream. We've got a a link to all three of those events over at the Baptist Press website. So you can find out more about that. That's in the show notes today. But uh, some prayer events coming up. Uh, Tis that season for prayer in the SBC. I mean, it's always time for prayer in the SBC, right? But uh, National Day of Prayer, again, first Thursday in May. I mean, this is going to be actually the 70th National Day of Prayer. started in 1952, so this will be day number 70 of the National Day of Prayer, Amy. So uh, looking forward to participating in that. I know a lot of churches are doing things for the National Day of Prayer. We're doing something at the Executive Committee, and uh, this is uh, just a, a, a great time and a great event every year for prayer in America. Very good. All right, so that's going to do it for our show this week. Again, we mentioned it at the top of the episode, but do want to remind you, hotels open up downtown Nashville on Monday, April 26th. So if you're interested in swapping a hotel from the airport and Opryland area down to the downtown area next to the Music City Center, 19 hotels available in the downtown area, and we're adding more almost every day. So there are going to be a lot of hotel rooms available right in and around the downtown area. So uh, make it easy for messengers to get to and from the Music City Center for the annual meeting in June. We're only about uh, 55 days away, 50, 55 days away from the annual meeting exciting times coming for sure amy i'll see you next week see you next week 